podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on, people? It's myself, Dissonomics. You're listening to the Dissonomics podcast, self-entitled. I hope you've had a good week so far. First time listeners, I'm glad to have your ears. Make sure you click follow or subscribe so all my podcasts come into your feed, especially click that notification button. I know they got that on Spotify. I'm not sure they got that on the Apple podcast app. I ain't used it for ages. But since you're there, you might as well give a man the five stars. You get me? Anyway, I tend to do two pods a week, Monday and Thursday. And this week's Monday's pod, I, episode 267, I looked at Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. Both of these two, both these two conservative candidates are fighting to be the next conservative leader. And by proxy, they'll be the next prime minister. That will be announced on September the 5th, 2022. So I, my listeners have heard me speak about Rishi quite a lot. So this episode, I spoke on Liz Truss in a bit more detail to, to introduce the listeners to Liz Truss. And I also went through both of their policies, how they are similar, how they are different, my thoughts on their policies, as well as who is currently more likely to win according to YouGov poll. So even though you might be thinking, I don't care about politics or I don't care about conservatives, F both those candidates, they're going to be the next prime minister. And that matters, especially as we are in a very peak time, especially with regards to the cost of living, which is funny enough, the topic of today's podcast. Yep, we are talking inflation again, but I'm gonna kind of speak on it on a more holistic manner. I'm gonna look at the USA a bit, and then I'm gonna speak a bit on the Eurozone area, as well as speaking on the UK and showing how inflation is actually a big deal across the globe. I see some people blaming certain people for inflation, which I think is a bit out of hand and a bit inaccurate. So I thought, why not let everyone know that we're in this big ass mess together? So yeah, episode 268. Let's get it. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. It's lit. It's lit. Yo, what's popping people? Your boy Dysonomics here. And we are talking inflation, inflation, inflation. Um, do you know what? I've spoken about inflation so much on my podcast over the years. I must have done about at least almost eight to 10 episodes out of 260, almost 270. But you know what? I might as well just give you a quick refresh in case you forgot. And as well for the first time listeners. What is inflation? Inflation is the increase in average price level of a basket of goods and services over time. So if you take like 700 goods and services in the economy and assess their price level from one year to another year or one month to another month, whatever time frame you like to choose. And you've seen an increase in price, that is inflation, right? Inflation is also called the, the rising cost of living. Simple as. It's a de- inflation indicates a decline in purchasing power because if prices of all the goods we're buying, our groceries, our phone bills, our clothing, our fuel, whatever, is gone up by 10% and our salaries haven't gone up by 10%, that means the ability, what we can now purchase with that same salary has gone down by 10% effectively. Now, 
What is inflation currently in the UK? Well, we are still waiting for June's figures, but last month, um, well, July's figures, shall I say, last month inflation was at 9.4%, which is pretty goddamn high. Uh, one of the highest in many, many years. And it's just kicking our butts. There's different types of inflation. There's demand pull, cost push, and built-in. Um, demand pull is where there's an increase in the supply of money and credit, which stimulates the overall demand for goods and services in the economy, more than the economy's production capacity, right? That's one of the inflation. We're going to go into that in a bit more detail. There's cost push, which which is a result in increase in prices due to the production process, which we're also seeing as well. But we're going to get into both in a bit more detail today. So I'm going to talk on the United States of America, or the US of A, right? And according to the CPI for June 2022, inflation is at 9.1%. This is significantly above target 2.0. And target 2.0 is 2%. So that means central banks, the people who manipulate the money supply in our economies, and they are external from the governments. The governments have no control over them. They target an infl a steady inflation rate of 2%. That's healthy. So they're always trying to manipulate interest rates to make sure we keep that in line, right? Unfortunately, inflation is 7% higher in the United States as it is here in the UK. Americans are being slapped with more expensive food, more expensive fuel, housing costs. This inflation rate, and the CPI to be exact, in America, in the United States, is the highest since 1981. Highest in 40 years. Pretty crazy, right? I was in America not too long ago, as my listeners know. And I honestly could not believe the prices I was seeing in Walmart. Bro, toothbrushes were like $5, toothpaste $6. Like, it's the prices are way higher than the UK. Way higher. Way higher. I went to Saks Fifth Avenue. I think that's it. Is it Saks? I went to. And that's more like, that's like the Selfridges equivalent. And even, bear in mind, remember, the dollar is weaker than a pound. One pound gets you $1.22, right? So even if you take into account inflation, it is still cheaper to buy literally everything I search in Saxon Fifth when I do the conversion. It's still cheaper to buy it in London than it is to buy it in America. Bearing in mind, the prices you see in America on the tags is exclusive of sales tax. <coughs> so all the prices I see, by the time I get to total, add an extra 18% on top of that. Very, very spooky. So what's happening in the States? Strong demand. Remember I said demand pull inflation? Strong demand. Consumers are spending bigger now. People have amassed savings during the pandemic. Remember, lockdowns, people are at home, and lots of things are closed. So households have been saving money, saving money. You don't have to pay for petrol or transportation going into work or any of your like your leisure hobbies or outings or holidays, so on and so forth. You can't even shop as much in stores, maybe online, but whatever. And as well, remember, Trump was doing them stimulus packages, the stimmies, yeah? And this support continued from 2020 into 2021. Now people have, an, have amassed some savings. They're now spending money. 
And also, people are taking new taking on jobs, and we're seeing an increase in people's wages. This is all adding up to people having more disposable income, meaning they're more willing to spend, meaning meaning there's strong demand. And for those who did AS level, A, um, A level, and degree level um, economics, you've got aggregate demand and aggregate supply. Aggregate demand takes in the complete level of the modern economy, as does aggregate supply, right? And what, what, um, what is aggregate demand made out of? There's a formula that I remember from, from just from my studies. C plus I plus G plus open bracket X minus M close bracket. What does that mean in English, dysonomics? C is consumption. So what we're consuming in the economy. I is investment. People investing in businesses, investing in stocks and shares, blah, blah, blah. G, government expenditure. So when the government is investing in HS2, when the government is um, buying wind turbines, when the government is giving people money to help with their, um, with their energy bills, that's government expenditure. And there's also X minus M. That's called the balance of payments. That's our exports, X, our imports, M. So the total, the total amount of goods and services that we sell to our European, our Asian, our American, our African counterparts, minus the goods and services that we purchase from them, right? So this number combined equals aggregate demand. I just spoke about consumption. Right? So obviously, because C is going up, aggregate demand's going up. And when you shift demand up, and assuming supply stays the same, when you look at the graph, what does that mean? The price level's gone up, aka inflation. And that is what we're seeing. Did I just mention supply? Aggregate supply? And remember I said um, supply side um, inflation issues? There's not enough supply. Yes, demand is up, but it isn't enough goods to go around. Factories were shut down. There's been global shipping backlogs. Remember, factories were shut down, so people are now addressing their backlogs. We've seen that even with stuff like the NHS, for example. There's reduced production, and this has caused a parts and product shortage. Even stuff like the shortage in computer chips has made cars so expensive now. The delays, I remember my brother was saying, he was, I think he wanted to get um, a Range Rover. They'll, they'll tell him over a year, he switched to something else. And because the demand for cars is so high and the waiting list is so high, that's why the used car industry is also super high. We're also seeing this with Rolex. I believe a part that they use to make Rolex has become more expensive and scarce. Hence why, especially with the increase in demand of Rolexes and the demand is not matching supply, Bro, it's so difficult to get a Rolex retail now from the store. Now you're you're seeing secondhand Rolexes cost more than the retail. If you're seeing ah oh, the Batman Batgirl, so these are like the sub um the sub the subs right the Rolex subs, GMTs. They're like eight nine grand. They're selling for seventeen nineteen grand. Simply because there's not enough supply. Demand is outstripping supply. Companies are now charging more and they're not losing customers either. And if you look at um, China, who's been under lockdown recently, it's making supply chains issues even worse because China produced a lot of goods that are distributed around the world. 
Then you take into the fact that Russia and Putin and them said, fuck it, let's invade Ukraine. This war in Ukraine is slapping food and fuel supplies, making food more expensive, making fuel more expensive. Now, if we look at USA, gas prices a year ago were $3 a gallon. Now they're $5 a gallon. That's a significant increase. And I remember speaking to some people in Miami and they were talking and they were complaining about that. Now a gallon is about 4.5 litres, right? So a gallon in the UK is seven pounds and seven pence currently. That's $8.54. So our fuel is even more expensive than theirs. I wanna get into why in a bit. Also, the service sector. People have been shifting expenditures to experiences post-coronavirus. People want to go on holiday, want to go cinema, want to go restaurants. The, the experiences that were denied during the pandemic have become more important to people, naturally. Inflation has been driving up in the service industries. Rents are also climbing quickly as people compete for limited supply of apartments in the States. Restaurant bills are up. Remember, food is more expensive now. And remember, I said wages have gone up. So labor is higher. Food, the price of food is higher. What is restaurants? People cooking food to get it. So naturally, the supply side, your staff, your materials, the food is gone up. That means they're gonna put up prices. Even airlines are higher now. Demand, remember, demand is outstripping supply. I spoke about the airlines two podcasts ago. They don't even have enough staff to keep up with the high demand for summer holidays. Hence why they've had to, um, Heathrow has had to limit the amount of passengers leaving. I remember I said in, in that podcast, episode 266, airlines are now even charging super high ticket prices to discourage customers booking them. And they're still bloody paying for them. So this is what's happening in America. And you're probably seeing a lot of similarities here. Now, could inflation help spark a recession in the States? Well, the Federal Reserve, who are the American Central Bank, we've got the Bank of England, and in the EU, there's the European Central Bank, ECB. The Federal Reserve have a similar issue that the Bank of England have here. They've got balancing acts. They need to raise, they feel like they have to act to tackle inflation by raising interest rates, but they don't raise interest rates too hastily and too aggressively because they don't want to trigger a recession, and that's when your economy is shrinking instead of growing. What happens when you rise interest rates? What's interest rate? Interest rates are price of money, the cost of borrowing. If I borrow 50 quid for my mum, and my mum says, uh, yeah, you can hold that 50 pound, but at interest rate of 10%, that means when I pay my mum back this 50 pounds, I have to give her 10% on top. That's a price. That's a prof. So I have to give mumsy an extra five quid on top. Right, So rising interest rates will increase borrowing costs for companies and consumers. And naturally, if borrowing is more expensive for you as a consumer, your, um, your variable mortgage has gone up, your credit card bills has gone up, um, just borrowed money from the bank to invest or to purchase a car or to, or to get a mortgage or whatever has gone up, this will, of course, reduce economic activity. So it's kind of like a double whammy, double-edged sword. Now, literally today as I'm recording, the Federal Reserve have increased their uh, interest rates by 0.75 basis points 
to a range of 2.25 to 2.5% interest rates. Now, ours in comparison is 0.75%. So Americans have a higher interest rate, almost treble ours. Very, very spooky. Oh, it is treble ours, sorry, not almost, it is treble ours. So that's what we're seeing in the US of bloody A. So now we see that we're not alone. We see that those across the Atlantic are also getting slapped. So now let's look at it in a more holistic perspective. Um, so how long would these underlying price pressures continue to persist? Like how long are we gonna get slapped by, slapped by this? Well, it really depends on like two major things. How, how much businesses, firms will be able to continue passing higher cost of productions to consumers and whether or not these higher profits will translate into wages. Because obviously people, companies are making more money because they're able to charge more and we're still paying them. <laughs> Do you get it? So how long will we accept this as consumers and whether or not these businesses we'll start to, you know what I mean? Let the man them eat as well. What's interesting is that we're not in this alone, as I said a few times in this podcast. Inflation is slapping us all, but depending on our region, whether we're in the States or here in Europe, in kind of slightly different ways, it just depends on like the nature of our, our economies, of course, right? But we're all getting slapped by global factors. So is inflation in USA that we've discussed that much different to what's happening in like Europe and in the UK? Well, it's very, very interesting. If we look in the UK, a large part of the rise, you look at the UK as well as Europe actually, a large part of the rise in inflation is actually due to a ridiculously massive surge in energy prices over the past 12 months. Like, um, I was looking at um, the, the ECB, they, they had a document from like a couple of months ago um, that stated that over the past 12 months, energy accounted on average for about half the total of headline inflation in, in Europe. And remember, the Euro area, as well as us in the UK, we are a net importer of energy. That means, on average, we purchase more energy than we produce and sell. Simple as, right? So, because of this, this surge in inflation is often referred to as imported inflation. And why this is peak, because inflation is imported, right? Because it's coming from goods and services we're purchasing abroad, when this is, is a good, it's not really a service. Monetary policy, which is what central banks do, and that is changing interest rates to tackle, is not going to have that much of an impact. Now, what's interesting is that when we look at the United States, remember how I detailed how their, uh, their price for fuel is significantly cheaper than the UK's, right? And that's because energy makes a smaller contribution to their headline inflation. Because they are a net exporter of gas and energy, right? Texas, hello oil. So that to me indicates that a lot of the a lot of the pressures 
what a significant portion of the pressures is actually domestic, domestic, domestic base. Outside of, of course, supply chain issues with like, um, with parts and products being disrupted from areas such as China. Also, remember, they're not getting like their food from like Ukraine and them. This is by America. So, so their sufferation is not exactly at the same hand as ours. Do you get it? So most people in the Euro area are seeing a marked increase in their cost of living across the board, which basically gives like, it gives us little comfort that inflation in other countries may be even higher. Also, another difference between Euro, Europe and the United States is that these differences have been existing prior. Like this has always been this way. In the 10 years preceding the pandemic, inflation, excluding food and energy, was an average about 50% higher in the United States than in, than in Europe. So inflation in, in the States started at, of course, a higher level in the first place. What I also find interesting is that in the States, inflation seems to be driven by like a smaller proportion of items that just have a stupid high inflation rate. So for example, remember I mentioned how the price of used cars are so expensive. For, if you look at the price of used cars and trucks in USA alone, they accounted for around half the increase in the consumer price index, excluding food and energy between January and July, 2021. And it still accounts for around a third today. That's how peak those prices are. Used vehicles, are doing to US inflation what energy is doing to us in, in Europe. Very, 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 very spooky. So, inflation is slapping us all, but in just slightly different manners and similar manners. And what's really annoying is that the way, okay, cost of living, for example, I've watched uh, I've watched at least three of the government debates, or not government, the uh, conservative leadership debates, and I'm seeing people accuse the conservatives, especially Rishi Sunak, for inflation. Okay, I'm trying to try not to be harsh here, because obviously this is my area of expertise. This is what I'm interested in. If somebody was talking, I couldn't speak to people on like actors and movies and films. That's like my boy Dems, like shout out Dems. That's his bag. Like I'm not gonna speak on the Oscars and who should win what Oscar. So I understand why people think that because you're the government, you should be, you're in charge, right? But as Dysnomics listeners, you're, we are all blessed as a family that we kind of know a bit more than the average person because we're doing our Googles, we're researching, we're learning and we're listening to Dysnomics. Rishi, the previous chancellor, Shadow Javid, whoever could not have done much and did not cause inflation. This inflation has nothing to do with government policy. There's nothing the conser conservatives did to cause this level of inflation. The only thing they did that has an impact, and I'm not sure how much of this is, the level of spending that Rishi went undergone in 2020 and parts of 2021 in terms of furlough 
and all those type of bounce back loads, all the type of schemes, right, to help keep our economy from absolutely going completely until tits up. We still had the biggest, um, we still saw the worst economic crisis in like 300 years. We borrowed, speaking of 300, we borrowed 300 billion pounds and that just about kept us afloat. So imagine he didn't do that. So outside of that, that could, that could cause inflation pressures. Remember the things I've spoken about, supply chain issues. Gas prices. Some people may say, oh, why are you beefing Russia? They kind of had to. So, nah. Bear in mind, we'll get slapped by gas and energy prices before the war in Ukraine. So, yeah. When it comes to the Conservatives, they've done so much bad stuff, you, could give them, you can give them plenty beatings. But this is something you're going to slap for. It's slapping everybody. I told you, the whole European Union, the United States, us. Yeah, so basically, long story short, we're finished. <laughs> boy, boy, I, feel, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to deal with this, but yeah. I hope you've learned a lot of today's pods. I know it's not the most fun topic, but I want to try to get some fun pods in because there's been a lot of politics and economics. I want to try to get some fun uh, topics in. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed. And until Monday, peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.